welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Jared Neiman, pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. Unsettled. All right. Y'all in a good mood? Wednesday night, people. Unsettled. Last week we talked about being content. We talked about the fruit of discontent, right? Discontent produces contention. Why? Because you're unsatisfied, so then you fight. You have contention in your relationships. You bicker, you attack, you blame, right? Discontent produces uselessness. Sense of being useless, that there's no use. What's the use from being discontent? Produces covetousness. Discontent, because you are not content in what you have and who you are, you covet the people around you. Boy, that's an ugly way to live, huh? Covetous or any of his first cousins. Bitterness, jealousy, envy. You know, his crew, his posse. Ugly way to live. Ugly. You know what covetous does? It causes you to live weeping when others rejoice. You weep when good stuff happens to people. And then covetous causes, covetousness causes you to rejoice when others weep. You're happy when bad stuff happens to people because you're covetous. It's terrible, huh? Discontent leads to abuse, to excess in your life, excess, over-drinking, Right? over-purchasing, over-buying, discontent. We talked about being settled in the right things and being unsettled in the wrong things. You know, there's a good type of settling and a bad type of settling. You know, you need to settle who you are as a child of God. You need to settle in your heart that you're forgiven. You need to settle in your mind and in your spirit that Jesus has washed away your past. See, so many people live discontent because they simply have not accepted at the purest form the love of Jesus Christ. And they're still living in the shame and the regret and the hurt and the disappointment of their past. And they haven't accepted that Jesus has washed all that away. And so they live discontent in their present, robbing themselves of the joy that God has for them in their future because they're discontent about the past. You need to settle in your heart and mind who you are as a child of God. You are not who you used to be. You are a born again, redeemed, made new child of the Most High God. You are forgiven. You are set free. You stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You can build your life on his promises, on what he says about your life. You have been justified through your faith, which means that you have been given the right to proclaim what is yours in Jesus Christ. And he says that you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. He says you are forgiven. You are set free. He says you have been declared right before him. So why are you tearing yourself apart over what happened? 
and you're allowing discontent to come in. Well, I've got trust issues. Why? Because you're still living in the past. You can't have trust issues in your current relationship if you're not living in what happened in the past. Do you know you can't have racism if you're not living from stereotypes from your past? Nobody's, thanks for the amen over there. Everybody's like, wait a minute. Well, think about it for a minute. If you don't live in stereotypes from the past, you can't be a bigot today. You can't. Because you're not judging people off. What happened? Moving on. What does it mean to be content? Let's look at the definition. We're going to put it on the screen. To be content means to have peace of mind found in emotional and mental satisfaction. Emotional and mental satisfaction. What a way to live, huh? Emotionally and mentally satisfied. So many people search and search and search for satisfaction. They're constantly looking for satisfaction. We look for it. We search for it. People will move to other cities. They will switch jobs. They will get divorced and start over just searching for satisfaction. They will buy things and buy things and buy things and buy more things, searching and searching for satisfaction in all the wrong areas. I mean, we know it to be true, right? I mean, the great psalmist named Mick wrote a song about not being able to find satisfaction. Do you know what I'm saying? Hundred bucks says, not one of you thought you'd be hearing the Rolling Stones during the preaching tonight. <laughs> the first time visitors are like, what kind of church is this? Welcome to Abundant Living Faith Center. We like to have fun at church. Church doesn't have to be endured, it should be enjoyed. And ain't, ain't nothing wrong with having a little fun, huh? No, but for real. I mean, do you ever know people, they just can't get no satisfaction? All the sex in the world, all the drugs in the world, all the alcohol in the world, all the money in the world, they go chasing everything, and they can't get satisfaction. Why? Because they're looking for it in all the wrong places. Right? Let's look at Philippians chapter 4. We're going to put that on the screen. So Apostle Paul speaking, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am. Huh. In whatever state I am? That's interesting, right? I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13, but I can do 
all things through Christ who strengthens me. What he's saying is I can be abased, I can be abounding, I can be full, I can be hungry. In the Message Bible, it says when my hand is full or when my hand is empty, I can do all things through Christ. Now, I find it interesting that he says, for I have learned twice. I have learned and I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. So clearly, the Apostle Paul, number one, is saying that you must learn to be content, so that means it does not come naturally to us. If you have to learn it, it means that it doesn't come natural. Right? And you must learn how to be content in every area of your life so that you can then do all things. But then where does your contentment lie? I can do all things through who? Christ. See, people search. They search, they search, they search, they search. But contentment doesn't come from outside things. Contentment comes from the inside. It is peace of mind found through mental and emotional satisfaction. Now, please understand, I am not sitting here saying that being abased is as fun as abounding. I'm not trying to say that. Clearly, it is funner to abound than to be abase. It is way funner when your hands are full than when your hands are empty. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot better at the end of the month when you got a few hundred bucks left over than when you got a minus on your bank account. I mean, okay, like, right? But you can achieve learning how to build emotional and mental satisfaction no matter what state you are in by learning how to be content in the one who gives you peace. I just taught you a month on the peace of God. So when you understand that the peace of God is his tranquility that produces his favor on your life, which then produces his health, his welfare, his prosperity, and all of his good, which opened the windows of heaven and poured out all his blessing onto your life, you understand that your contentment, your peace is found in Jesus Christ. Not in more money, not in more cars, not in more sex or drugs, not in more alcohol, not in more food, not in whatever it is that you're searching and searching and searching for. That is not where peace lies, where contentment lies. Guys, money and things does not produce peace. All you have to do is look out into the world. Just because you're rich doesn't mean you're happy. I mean, I don't need to prove it to you, do I? I mean, just look towards California and a place called Hollywood. Do they seem happy to you? No. 
when every day is another thing, right? Money doesn't produce happiness. See, you have to learn how to be content no matter what state you are in. Because if you are not content when you're abased, when you abound, you won't know how to handle it. That's the truth, right? You won't know how to handle it. Discontent produces the grass is always greener mentality, right? Like, oh, I'm so happy to be here, but that's even better. Have you ever met, have you ever known the grass is always greener guy? Like, and they're always hopping and going here and here and here, except that they never actually go anywhere. Have you ever noticed that? Always chasing the hottest thing, the, the new job, the new whatever. No, it's because they're discontent. They're discontent. They haven't reconciled who they are in Jesus. And they haven't found peace in who they are. So many people live with dissatisfaction in their lives on a lot of levels. Dissatisfied in their marriage, in their job. They're dissatisfied with the government. Boy, we've got a lot of that right now, huh? Dissatisfied, just dissatisfied, never happy. They're mad when the freeway's closed. They're mad when there's traffic. They're mad at this. They're mad at that. No matter what happens. Have you ever met the people that even when good stuff happens, it's not even good enough? You're like, dude, like, there was nothing wrong with that. What are you so unhappy about? Like, they find something wrong with everything. It's discontent. It's discontent. Right? It's just discontent. So we've got to learn how to be content, how to find mental and emotional satisfaction in our peace with God. Amen? <clears throat> so let's do it. Let's learn. Let's learn about it. Let's take a uh, uh, I put together some points about learning to be content. You know, there's three ways to learn. There's the easy way, the hard way, and the tragic way. The easy way is that you learn from people around you, you learn from society, you learn from having a mentality of always growing, and so you read, you educate yourself, you learn from other people's success, you learn from other people's mistakes. That's the easy way to learn, right? Then there's the hard way, and that is when you learn from your own mistakes, right? Then there's the tragic way, and that is that you're so discontent, you don't learn at all. Amen. So let's learn. Number one, learning to be content. You glad you came to church? Learning to be content. Contentment is not resignation and it is not acceptance. Contentment is not resignation. Well, this is just my lot in life. Well, it is what it is. I guess this is as good as it's going to get. Have you ever heard this one? Well, there's nothing I can do about it. Contentment is not acceptance. Contentment is not resignation. What's resignation? Resignation is quitting. 
What do you do when you leave your job? You go resign. Right? Resignation's quitting. Resignation's just accepting. Well, I'm abased. My hands are empty. I guess this is what God wants me to have. Then have you ever met the ones that try to spiritualize it? Oh, yeah. Well, God just is making me poor like Jesus. <laughs> I'm just content. I'm just content. They're like, they try to make you feel less spiritual. You know, they try to spiritualize it. But contentment isn't accepting anything less than the fulfillment of God's promise in your life. So when you're abased or your hand is empty or you got a jerk boss or your marriage isn't where it should be or something's gone wrong, yes, you need to remain content in who God made you, but you don't accept that that's your lot in life. You don't accept it. You don't resign to it. You don't quit and give up just because something didn't work out the way you wanted it to work out. Just because somebody did something that affected you in a negative way or your family. Just because you, your, your, your boss is rude or ugly to you. Who are you working for? Are you working for the glory of Jesus Christ? Or are you working for him or her? You're here to glorify Jesus. See, you can, well, well, I guess this is it. Guess what will happen? You'll stagnate your life. And the devil will keep you there, abased with your hand empty. But that's not what the peace of God has been declared over your life. The peace of God says that health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good has been laid out for you. Amen. Prosperity. Prosperity is abundance, not abasement. But even when you are abased, you find your satisfaction in the one who made you who you are. But you can find satisfaction knowing that it is not God's will for you to stay empty, for you to stay lacking, for you to stay abased. It is God's will for you to get out of it and move on from it. But if you resign and quit, you'll never get there. The Bible says that we fight a fight of faith. But resigning has no fight. It's got no passion. It's got no endurance. It's got no stamina. Resigning is quitting. Resigning is giving up. Stop giving up. Stop talking about divorce. Forgive each other and start being nice again. Knock it off. You're discontent. Go to work tomorrow with a good attitude again. You're there to glorify the excellence of Jesus Christ. Well, uh, it's so hard.
You get home every night, throw the purse. (laughs) What good's that doing you? Is that getting you anywhere? Except everybody looking at you. (laughs) What's he gonna do next? I don't know what I'm gonna do next. I didn't plan to sit on the stairs. Not sure I can stand up. I did legs today (laughs) at the gym. All those lunges. Some of you just need to get your fight back. You need to get your fight back, man. You need to fight for your life. You need to fight for your joy. You need to fight for your peace. You need to fight for your marriage again. You need to fight for your kids. You need to fight for who you are as a child of God. You need to fight for this church. You need to fight for our city. You need to stop talking crap about people. Knock it off, man. You're the light of the world. What are you doing talking mess about people? Knock it off. But man, sometimes you just got to fight. But resignation doesn't let you fight. Resignation causes you to quit before you even get to the fight. Right? Sometimes you just got to fight, man. So don't accept it. See, people that know me, they they know I'm I'm a fighter. Like, I I mean, I'll fight. Like, you want to argue? Let's go. some reason I I married a litigation attorney. So like we got to keep a lot of peace in my house. You got a preacher and a litigation attorney. Like literally we get paid to convince people of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like so we got to keep a lot of peace. But you know by nature I'll fight. And I just kind of live with a sense of indignation in my life. And what is that? The indignation in my life, the people that know me, the crews knows this, the guys that know me closely, they know I live with an indignation towards not accepting anything less than what God says. Like, when we, when, when we felt in our hearts that God wanted to, to have a, a church on the west side, you know, we searched for three years, just searched and searched and searched, called movie theaters, high schools, made offers on warehouses, I mean, just everything. You know, we called Sunland Park movie theaters and asked them to rent it. They said, no, we would never rent to a church. Six months later, they rented it to Vino Nuevo. And I was like... Like, you know, we, you know, we pay our bills, like, obviously. Like, you know, we would have, the check would have cleared. Like, what? Just people saying no after no after no. But I just remember having this fight. Like, I just wasn't going to accept it. 
just wasn't going to accept it. And then the only door that opened was to build. And it was like, oh, God. oh my God. All right. So we're going to fight and do it, or are we just going to, oh, it's hard. That's hard. I remember when the city just decided to attack our toy giveaway. Remember that? Like, I, I wish I could say the word I was thinking. To you, but. It was like, well, we're going to fight for that. We're going to fight. Sometimes you just got to fight, man. You got to fight for what you know is right. You got to fight for God. You got to fight for what he's doing in your life. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't resign. Amen? Number two, contentment is an inside job. It's an inside job. And the peace of God will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. What? Your heart and what? Your mind. What is being content? Peace and satisfaction in what? Your heart and mind. Contentment is an inside job. And that's why Proverbs says to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows what? The issues of your life. Let me tell you something. So often in life, you cannot control everything that happens to you. But can I tell you something? The most important thing in your life is not what happens to you. The most important thing in your life is what happens in you. You can't control all the situations of life. And if you think you can, you will always live discontent. What you can control is what happens on the inside of you. And that's why it's so hard to keep your heart guarded and your mind disciplined. Right? Because when you let your heart get discontent and you let disappointment come, frustration come, strife come, bitterness come, hatred come, right? When you let all that creep in, guess what those are the ingredients for? Anxiety, worry, depression, hatred, self-doubt, insecurity. And you get it in the bowl and you mix it up. And the product of it is discontent. Right? That's why it's so hard that no matter what in life you find your satisfaction in what God says about you, you let the peace of God guard your heart and mind. And even when you are abased, even when your hand is empty, even when you are hungry, so to speak, you know that the peace of God, health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good has been declared towards your life. And you are not going to stay here. You are going to move from it. And you don't resign to it, you fight. And then you guard your heart and discipline your mind so that you don't stay in the place of abasement. That you go from abasement to abounding. But the devil will just keep you there. He'll bottle you up, put a little bow on you, and let you just stay down there. And you can wallow in your self-misery for the rest of your life, and he'll just leave you there. Discontent, totally undersatisfied. You'll destroy all your relationships. Everybody will leave you. 
Your life will totally stagnate it, and you've seen it happen. You know people that something happened 5, 10, 20, 30 years ago, and they've never moved on from it. They've never moved on. Their husband moved on. The kids moved on. All their friends moved on. And they're discontent over something that happened. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no happiness. Everybody wants to leave the house as soon as possible. Come on, you know who I'm talking about. They're living in a time warp. Why? Because something happened and they didn't protect themselves on what was happening on the inside of them. Again, you can't control everything going on around you, but you can control what goes on on the inside of you. Amen? So contentment is an inside job. Number three, contentment settles your life. Settles your life. You ever known the person who's like a total roller coaster? Up, down, up, down, happy, sad, joyous, mad, chasing this, chasing that, totally, totally ruled by like the trends of society, the, the, the waves of the sea, so to speak. You ever met them? Totally ruled by everything going on around them. The president, the economy, right? Relationships, how much money they have. Sports. What are you doing throwing stuff at the TV over a football team? Like, for real. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that important. You know? They're totally ruled by it. Ruled by people's opinion of them. They're up, down. Up, down, up, down, up, down. See, but finding... Your peace in Jesus settles you because you know where the source is. And instead of looking to all the wrong sources, you know the one source. The peace of God, listen, which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind. But Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So where's your trust? See, discontent often comes from a sense of inadequacy. You feel inadequate. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You don't deserve it. Whatever your insecurity is, it produces a sense of inadequacy. But if you're living inadequate, if you live with a sense of inadequacy, it's because your trust is in yourself. And you have not fully submitted your trust to God because there is nothing inadequate about God. And when you put your trust in him, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and the peace of God, which surpasses your understanding, will protect your heart and your mind. So where's your trust? Are you trusting in yourself or are you trusting in him? When you trust in him, you will never feel inadequate. When you trust in him, anxiety tends to leave. When you trust in him, fear 
tends to erode. Why? Because you know that he is greater. You know that he is stronger. You know that what his promise is safe for him. And even when you are abased, even when you have fallen, you know you don't have to stay down. You can get back up. You can go again. Even when you mess up, you know you were forgiven and redeemed and you can get up and try again. When their challenge comes in, 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 in your path, you know that you serve the God that nothing is impossible to him. When, when, when you are, feel like the tail, you know you are the head and not the tail. But inadequacy says you are the tail and not the head. Jesus says you're above and not beneath. Inadequacy says you're beneath and you have to stay there. Jesus says everything you set your hand to do will prosper. Inadequacy says, I don't know if I'm, good, if I'm smart enough or talented enough to make that prosper. You're not the one that's going to make it prosper. God's grace is going to make it prosper. Because it's not about you. It's about him. So where's your trust? Where's your trust? Is it in him? Or is it in yourself? Ephesians 3.16, it says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit, listen, in the inner man. And what is being content? Inner sufficiency, right? Number four, contentment never ignores God's promises. 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, for all the promises of God are yes and Amen. Most Bible theologians believe that there are 7,487 promises laid out for the word of God. All I know is that is more than I can ever know. <laughs> I will never be able to quote to you 7,487 promises. But I do know that's a lot of promises. Why? Because we serve an awesome God. Amen. And contentment never accepts anything less than the fulfillment of his promises. So listen to me. If you are living in less than what his promises say about your life, you need to get unsettled about it. Did you hear what I said? You need to get unsettled about anxiety. You need to get unsettled about uh, regret. You need to get unsettled about guilt. You need to get unsettled about hatred. You need to get unsettled about lack. You need to get unsettled about sickness and disease. You need to get unsettled about being broke. You need to get unsettled about anything less than the fulfillment of God's promises in your life. Because his word says all his promises. 7,487 amazing things that God has for your life are yes and amen for you. So if there's an area of your life that is not good, then it's not from God. And you need to get unsettled about it. And you need to say no to it. And don't resign to it. Don't be content about that. Be content about who you are in Jesus, but don't accept that. You need to get unsettled. And you need to fight about it. Fight to get where God wants you to go. Fight to get out of bondage. 
Fight to get out of lack. Church, you don't have time for lack. You don't have time for it. That's what I'm teaching on next week. Next week is being unsettled about lack. You don't have time for lack, and you think I'm talking about money. I'm not talking about money. You don't have time for lack of love in your life. You don't have time for lack of wisdom in your life. You don't have time for it. You need God's abundance in your life, and that is his will for your life. Amen. So is there an area of your life that you've become content with that you need to unsettle? Wow. Last one. The worship team can come up. Contentment handles, handles itself with grace. It handles itself with grace. You know, discontent tends to be angry, bitter, judgmental. Discontent tends to project discontent onto other people. Have you ever noticed that? People are unhappy with themselves, so they want to make everybody else unhappy so that they can justify it within themselves. But don't you see how bad it is? Don't you see how bad it is? Like, homie, yeah, I mean, that's a problem, but like, other stuff's good. Don't you see it? Don't, don't, don't you think? Don't. Right? See, I, I, I think that contentment handles itself with grace. Amen? It's positive. It's loving. It has favor. It rejoices. It's forgiving. It's generous. It's peaceful. It's helpful. Right? It's non-judgmental. It's not con- condemning. Contentment Why? Because you're satisfied in him, not in what's going on around you. Right? And so therefore you walk in the grace that God gave you, but you are also a conduit of it. So not only do you walk in the grace of God, you give the grace of God. Why? Because you have peace in your heart. And what's the definition of peace? Tranquility of your heart and mind that produces living in the favor of God, God's grace. And contentment produces grace in your life. Amen? So let's learn to be content. Whether we're abased, abased or abounding, when our hands are full, when our hands are empty, we must learn to be content in all things so that we can do all things through the source who allows us to be content. Stand to your feet. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com.